We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I was just in a, I was in like the right vibe today and I was driving around this morning and I was listening to this new Jason Isbell song, which is called, um, something to love. And it's a beautiful song and I was just in a great vibe. And then I turned on a road, uh, on 306 out in Bainbridge to be exact. And some absolute psychopath came storming up behind me. The kind of person that when they see you turn onto the road, they speed up because they already assume you're not going to take off. Now, in fairness, I can admit a little uh, fault here because your boy was not driving his truck today. He was driving his wife's car today. Save gas. Trying to be good on and not beat the living crap out of my truck. And so it doesn't have the same vroom vroom as my truck does. Obvi, right? So it, my car wasn't taking off as quick as my truck would. And I was listening to Jason Isbell and kind of in the zone. And all I see is this absolute psychopath speed up and flailing her arms. And guys, I could have sped up at any point. At some point, it became about the principle of the thing. It became about, I'm going to go slow so you can pass me so you don't harsh my mellow today. Okay? And here's the thing. You have the yellow dashes. She didn't do it. I had to be so obvious for her 
Because then I just decided, then it became a point of principle. I'm now not going to speed up as fast as you want me to, and I'm going to make you pass me. I had to almost move, not to the, not off to the side of the road, but I had to kind of signal, lady, you can move. And then she passes me, and she's still trying to communicate. And it's like, lady, I could be Ted Kaczynski. You don't, like, these shoulders, you don't know... Like you don't know. Like, I I look like Paul Bunyan's illegitimate son, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do this to me. And so I thought it'd be funny if uh, if if like because of course she got so far ahead of me that at the very next light, a mile down the road, I was right behind her. So I like the the light had been green for like a half a second, and I went I hit hit my horn, no reaction. The next light, right right before four twenty two. Oh, same thing happened. No reaction. And so I pulled up and like, ah, I'm going to be funny. I may have scared the living bejesus out of this woman because she wouldn't make eye contact with me. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Who's road raging who? Because I'm not road raging. This is not road rage. This is road fun. I'm trying to point to you how ridiculous you've been. And it's at that point that I realized the person that road raged me today and tried to run me off the road was in a Prius. You want to talk about you want to talk about low bars? If I had known that thing was a Prius when she pulled up on me, I might have brake checked that thing into the ether. I almost wish I had my truck. I would have gone whatever that psycho uh, trucker movie is, where uh, they they uh, they like play chicken with a trucker. I might have gone that. I don't even know what the movie is. Maximum Overdrive. Sure, that too. Could be that. I got bullied by a Prius today. And it still didn't harsh my mellow. You know, it did kind of. I don't want to say it harsh my mellow. Um, I think Ken and Anthony have been having a completely legitimate conversation about Nick Chubb going forward. And it kind of was all about, you know, th- today's show was about KJ Wright's comments, former Seahawks linebackers' comments with Baskin and Phelps yesterday. And later in the show, we'll we'll talk a little bit about what he had to say. And I I just, from that perspective, I understand that it is a conversation. I understand that there are one of the big cliches in the NFL right now is you don't need to pay running backs. Um, and any time a running back gets paid and then falls off the face of the planet, no matter whether it's year one of the deal or year five of the deal, the last year of the deal, everyone's like, see, so I don't pay running backs. Now, I tend to abhor groupthink, especially in the NFL, because it's everywhere. It's like the plague in the NFL. And there are some really dumb things that because somebody who people think is smart says, all of a sudden becomes groupthink. I think the, I think the cliche of you never pay a running back is a stupid cliche. Tennessee has paid Derrick Henry. It's, it's paid off pretty well. For the, the Tennessee Titans. And people will say, but but not this year. But yeah, pretty much every year they've had him since they paid him, it's worked out. It's not Nick Chubb's fault that, that the Browns have been bad. The Browns have been bad in spite of Nick Chubb being elite and electric. But what bugs me is not media members having a total legitimate conversation about asset management in the NFL. And I thought KJ brought up the point that that I do think the Browns have to consider. Whether Nick Chubb 
and Deshaun Watson, whether stylistically, together, you can get the best out of them. I think there's evidence to say you can. However, it does trouble me when I hear things, and and I think Dusty said something similar to this, but I just don't feel attachment to players anymore. And I, on some level, I feel that. And I think Anthony Lima said this as well in the station last week. I, I, I understand that as a media member, your relationship with teams and players changes, right? Um, when you interact with their, their PR department, right, or a, a team's uh, individual players or coaches, there are some coaches, that, uh, and I'm, I'm a pretty finicky person when it comes to professional acquaintances, There are some coaches that have bowled me over with how real and authentic they are. And by the way, they're not always the coaches that win. So, and and by the way, conversely, there are some players who I just personally, and I'm not talking in Cleveland, I really haven't been back to know these guys as much, but like the first go-round in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, I remember people who didn't treat me right when I was nobody and they could get away with it. I remember people who the second they hear you're a fan or in the media, they treat you differently. I remember every bit of that. But what's so weird to me is just the lack of loyalty for Nick Chubb in this town. And I don't, I don't want to paint with a wide brush um, because I do think there are probably as many people, if not more people, that, don't have, that think trading Nick Chubb is one of the dumbest things in the world. But I think the reason it bugs me is We've and and I am a, I can be a very cynical person. It bugs me how it just bugs me the lack of loyalty for great players. And I don't think it's a Cleveland specific thing, by the way. I don't I don't think players have ever been more disposable to fans than they are right now, right? And some of that is fans have become smarter. Fans have understood that, all right, he's a 27-year-old running back, and you know there usually is a cliff there, and good organizations don't pay that running back a third contract. All that stuff makes sense to me. But like, ah, you don't need Nick Chubb to win. Or, ah, just trade him and see what you can get. Even if you can get a third rounder for him. Like, what are we doing? Miles Garrett, too. And I've been critical of Miles. This was not his best year off the field. With a car accident, with I think finally some of the the ways that Miles can talk out of both sides of his mouth, or at least seeming, I don't want to say he does, he seems like he talks out of both sides of his mouth, those things seem to catch up with him this year. He's still the best defender the Cleveland Browns have had by a mile. Joe Hayden, who just retired, one of the best Cleveland Browns defenders of the last uh, 20 years. Miles is like three times as good of a player as he is. Miles is an elite player. And we've had people say, eh, eh, you want to trade Miles to get picks, that's okay. No, the whole point of having picks is that you get the player like Miles. When, you, when, you, when you've hit the lottery, you don't keep playing the one dollar. If you win a bajillion dollars on the Powerball, that next Wednesday, you're not like, uh, hey, can I turn this $2 billion that I just won, can I turn this into 2 billion tickets so that I can win the, you know, the next lottery? You don't do that. You take your $2 billion and you take your happy ass home. But as I've said, it's not a Cleveland problem. 
Green Bay is doing it with Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers kind of a knob? Yes. Is Aaron Rodgers one of the best quarterbacks of the last 10, 20, 30 years? Yes, absolutely. Nine, uh, not, 10 out of 10, te- 32 out of 32 teams wouldn't kick Aaron Rodgers out of bed for eating crackers. And it's insane that some Packers fans are like, eh, I'm kind of sick of him. Yeah, he's great, but he's kind of a jerk. I'm sick of him. And it's you look across, it's everywhere. Look what the Raiders just did to, to Derek Carr. The guy stood behind him when they moved. The guy stood behind him and, and righted the ship after uh, John Gruden got fired for the, the uh, exposed emails. But his emails! The guy, the guy took a, a god-awful organization that had fallen off the map and he at least stabilized them. Threw him over whenever it was convenient because they needed a fall guy. The lack of loyalty in sports from media kind of get. From teams, ah, it's always been that way. Lack of loyalty from fans, and again, I'm speaking in complete generalities, is wild. 216-578-0092. And like when I think of moving on from Nick Chubb, it, it physically pains me to think of that. He has exemplified what I want the Cleveland Browns to be. I feel very similar to Miles, even though I might be frustrated with him and maybe a little bit of immaturity. It pains me to think of moving on from from guys who are that great at what they do, no matter the rationale. The rationale doesn't matter. Their greatness is what matters. So I wanted to ask you guys a question to start off the show here. What is the toughest player in town for you as a fan to see the team move on from? Because even though it's a completely valid and legitimate conversation to have about a 27-year-old running back who you've got one more year of guaranteed money towards, who you might be able to get value on, who might not fit with the quarterback, completely valid conversation. It makes me want to hurl every time we try and have it. Nick Chubb is is atop the list of guys that every time I have a reflexive, uh, a reflex, I have a reflexive uh, tendency to want to just completely hurl up the pizza I just had when we have that conversation. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two, toughest player in town for you as a fan to think of moving on from. Because I, I think there are more than we realize here in Cleveland. Sean Salisbury at three, a la Abdel Nabi at 420 to talk the Cavs and Sixers. We will get into that game today. We got Albert Breer at 520. We'll talk the Browns coaching staff. And I do think it's fair, though, to say with everything that I just said, there might not be a Joe Thomas left anymore. Talking about players and when to move on, all of it. Doesn't mean that I like it. Doesn't mean that I agree with the idea or the end result, which is when to move on. And like, I'll be honest with you. I think I think a running back like Nick Chubb has our best chance to be our Joe Thomas. Now, that doesn't mean a Hall of Famer, although he could be another three or four more years like this. It doesn't mean uh, a guy that we have Joe Thomas day. It's been Joe Thomas week since he got uh, announced to the Hall of Fame, and rightly so. To me, when I said, you know, there there are no more Joe Thomases left, I just don't, when a guy gets drafted in any sport, and I don't know if this is the same, the, people feel the same way in New York or in Miami or Dallas or LA, like like common big markets, 
I just don't expect that guy to be with this team for the rest of his time because player movement is crazy. And, you know, things like competitive windows absolutely impact whether or not in the salary cap, absolutely impact whether you can keep certain players. So Joe Thomas might be the last Hall of Famer for the Cleveland Browns that we have that started his career here, was drafted here, uh, played his whole career here, and ended, especially if more Browns players are going to do a lot more losing than winning. At some point, I I don't think Miles Garrett's going to be really cool with losing to the extent that the Cleveland Browns have lost the last two years. I don't know that's on the horizon, but eventually it will become a conversation. Players now have more power and more options, which I celebrate, but it's like Joe's so special. It's been Joe Thomas week. Like, I'll, guys, Joe was on Dan Patrick, and he told the story of being inducted into the, the Hall of Fame. And I've heard this story four times, and I listen to every moment because Joe is ours. Because Joe is ours. Nobody else can claim him. He didn't get the trade to Denver when he could have, which he absolutely could have and maybe should have done to get that ring would have boosted the awareness of Joe Thomas. But like Joe's ours. Manny Ramirez, okay, he was a Cleveland Indian, but he was never fully ours because he went in Boston and then went to L.A. Albert Bell was not just ours. Even Omar. Omar was a, a Seattle Mariner, and then he ended his career in San Francisco. So I'm not looking at Nick Chubb in saying, well, he has to be a Cleveland Brown for the rest of his career because there might be a time where he's not going to be the starting running back anymore. You're not going to pay him like that, and somebody else might. That makes sense. But the idea that that's today, off the year that he came off of, oh, man, it just, again, completely valid conversation on fit, on asset management, all of it. It just feels like the guy that, uh, to me, should be the epitome of the Cleveland Browns. You drafted him. He is humble. He works hard. He plays incredibly well. The most annoying thing people have about Nick Chubb is the guy lifts heavy weights and it might hurt him one day. That's the biggest annoyance we have of Nick Chubb. And that he's at a position that isn't valued in the same way. Yeah, but he's not a punter, okay? Apologies to all the punters out there. 216-578-0092. Right now, of players currently playing, who is the toughest player in town for you as a fan to move on from? Because I think I think Nick Chubb is the toughest Cleveland Brown for, for me to move on from. He's the toughest for me to separate sentimentality and value and performance. Miles is right up there. But the immaturity of Miles, I, I can kind of see getting annoyed with Miles, right? When a great player plays to the level that he plays, you have to be thankful for him. But some of the stuff that has come with Miles, it, it feels like the same way with Baker. Eventually, Baker, all the, all, all the things that we didn't like overtook his ability to perform. I don't think we're anywhere close with Miles on that. But I think that 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 through line is there. There there isn't that through line for Nick Chubb. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? 
Okay, my name's Marcus. The toughest player for me to move on from would have to be Nick Chubb, to be honest with you. Because look what the man's done since he's been in Cleveland. He has a couple thousand yard seasons already. He is, I'd honestly say, the heart and soul of that offense. I know the heart and soul comes from the quarterback and what have you, but to me, it is the running back. Look at it. Look at it. You, you, when you need that one yard, who can you really count on? Or not even one yard, two yards. Who do you? Who does Cleveland really rely on since he's been in the league? Cleveland relies on Nick Chubb. I think what uh, what makes that tough, and I thank you for the call there, Marcus. The best part about Marcus's radio is that uh, being up just enough is that as we were ushering him off the phone, I don't know if you heard it, but. In the background, as I was saying goodbye, there was a, my name is Marcus, which is how he started the call. That was the most meta call unintentionally, completely, that we've ever had. Can I tell you the thing that, can I tell you the thing that concerns me most? Because I agree with a lot of what, uh, a lot of what Marcus had to say. Everything he might have, or everything he said about Nick Chubb, he's the guy that you turn to when you need to play. This is, this offense is built around you. That was true. Not anymore. The The downside of trading for Deshaun Watson is running back is no longer the, you know, the bedrock of what you're built on. Well, there's going to be a day, whether, whether it's three years from now and whether they find a way to maximize Nick Chubb or not, there's going to be a day where your best running back probably has, you probably have a, a, a hydra of, of, of a running back committee you know, two or three guys who can do it, and Deshaun's probably going to be your leading or second leading rusher, upwards of four, five, six hundred yards a, a season. That's where the Browns are going. I don't think it has to be as soon as this year. I, I I sometimes worry that the Browns themselves, who are so smart, I sometimes wonder if there is a little group think whether they whether they give in to the axioms and cliches of the analytical community. I think there are certain players that are outliers to that, right? Derrick Henry's an outlier to the cliche about running backs. It's been worth every penny in Tennessee, even though this last year and the last two years, he's had a couple injuries. Players get injured, guys. Quarterbacks get injured too. Frank, welcome to the team. What you got for us? What's up? Man, I'm I, listen, man. I, I love Chubb, but I don't have no attachment to no player on our team. My attachment is to the Browns, Cleveland Browns itself. Has man, that always I'm been really the case, Frank? Real quick, has that always been the case? Have you like, like, like how? Uh, I, I hate doing this because no, everybody always. No, I can't say that because in the '80s, in the '80s when we was, you know, what I'm saying we was about some. I would have, I would have, it would have been a lot of people I would have been hard to part with. It hurt me when I woke up that morning and Bernie Kosar was gone. I wanted to kill Belichick. Okay, but, but so then what changed? Man, it's just because we keep losing, man. I just want us to have a good team. I love Chubb, but Chubb's not going to get us there, man, because they don't utilize him, man. I wouldn't want, I don't want to let him go, but I know he our only piece to get us back in the first round to get something. But we could try to at least do something with Deshaun Watson. I got to tell you, I actually, I'll say, Frank, I don't think you're getting in the first round because of Nick Chubb. Um, Christian McCaffrey going for a two, a three, uh, sorry, two, three, four, and I think a five. I think he had four picks that went from San Francisco to Carolina for Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, after two straight injury plague seasons, finally staying healthy this last year, Christian McCaffrey had more value 
in trade than Nick Chubb because value is attached to perception, and the perception is uh, Nick Chubb is a running back and not a dual threat running back. I'd rather Nick Chubb than Christian McCaffrey. Nick Chubb is a better runner. I'd rather find a way to make that guy the best player that he is. The NFL probably would rather have Christian McCaffrey, if I'm if I'm just going by the cliche. We do have some uh, Twitter feed here, Twitter feed, Twitter reaction here to the question of who's the toughest player in town for you as a fan to consider moving off of. Uh, Twitter reactions brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Moss thirteen saying uh, it's Nick Chubb. I can't even imagine him not here. The guy works and never complains. It, he really does exemplify everything we've uh, what uh, what our elders have always said they want the Cleveland Browns to be. Brett saying easy Jose Ramirez, Tim Whalen saying Jose Ramirez. He's grown up in our organization and has embraced Cleveland in a way that most players don't. Jose probably would be the other guy in Cleveland. And I think there's two guys in the Cavs who we might have this conversation about, but like eventually, but right now today. The guys who stand for everything we want the organization to stand for and who have chosen Cleveland when they could have either played out their contracts and chosen fortune elsewhere. Nick Chubb is one of them. Nick Chubb could have sought more money on the open market given the ridiculous amount of talent that he has. He chose to be in Cleveland. He continues to choose to be in Cleveland. He carries himself the way we want a Browns player to carry themselves. Jose probably had a bigger choice. Like Nick Chubb was take take the money you have now or see if you can get a bigger deal in the open market. A lot of risk in that deal for Nick Chubb. He made the right business decision staying in Cleveland. Jose made the wrong business decision to stay in Cleveland. Jose accepted probably $100 million less last year when facing a trade to San Diego. That's really tough to walk away from, especially as a as for me as a baseball fan in this town. Because I have just seen, I've seen players say, I'll take a player, fa- uh, you know, a team-friendly discount. And then I've seen them not, or or the discount that they were asking for was too team-friendly. Jose's the first guy. I mean, by the way, you know, Kenny Lofton came back here after free agency. That's really cool that Kenny did that. Omar signed uh, a couple contract uh, contract extensions in Cleveland. Some guys signed short-term. This this is probably the last big deal Jose was ever going to get. And he chose to be in Cleveland. And oh, yeah. His numbers over the last five years, from a value perspective, are every bit as good, if not better, than Francisco Lindor, the guy who was so much more hilded for a very long time. And he plays the way that we want to. Mike, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Yeah, I think Nick Chubb is it for me. However, based on the comments that we've heard from Stefanski and Watson saying the offense is going to look entirely different next year, tells me that Nick Chubb's not going to be the centerpiece of the offense. And if he's not, and you're looking at trying to uh, increase the value of your assets, then this would be the time to move on from Nick Chubb and acquire whatever talent and picks you can. But isn't that an indictment use, of Stefanski, Mike? It's exactly an indictment of Stefanski. The fact that we're not going to get back under center and use Nick Chubb as the basis, just like the Titans do with Henry, is, is ridiculous. 
because there's nothing easier than play action passes when you have a guy like that in the backfield. Yeah, I just. But if you're not going to, but if you're not going to use him the way they should, and while he's still young enough that you can move him and get some value for him, then you might as well do it. Mike, I'm not Mike, real quick, buddy. Real, what, what's yeah. the value? When you say value, what's the value you think they could recoup for him? I think you're probably looking at a second round pick, and I and probably one at the back end of the second round to a team that feels that that's the one piece that they're much like the 49ers. With McCaffrey, the one piece they think they're missing that could push them over the top. All right, Mike, we got to run, buddy, but we appreciate you. Um, I think a late second round pick's probably the best, right? The only the only way you're going to get, you know, he mentioned, uh, you know, team that's that you know Nick Chubb would be their last resort. Um, even those teams, I think, understand the value of a running back. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a team like uh, Dan Campbell says, "I need Nick Chubb here because of how we're going to build the running game." And he's better than Swift and all the other guys. Maybe, maybe he would. I don't know. I, I don't know that even a late first rounder does it for me for Nick Chubb. Some guys matter more than their value on paper. Whether the Cavs win by 20, lose by 20, or anything in between. Because it's the game before the All-Star game. <laughs> like everything we can say about how important it is, right? You win this one. You're in third place in the Eastern Conference, right? You win this one. You've already taken one from them. So now all of a sudden, I believe that means you won the season series because I think you have one more game against Philly after this. So then all of a sudden, you're really sitting pretty for the third seed. All of those things are true. All the basketball reasons, beating Joel Embiid, who I think is the NBA MVP this year, all of those things are very important. And also, both teams might decide tonight is the last day before the or their last game before the All Star break, and they don't really want to play hard. Do we need the Cavs hype panic meter? No, no, no. That will be later in the show. Okay, right. we will bring up the Cavs hype panic meter because while I say everything I just said, I'm also very hyped about this game. <laughs> it's so unhealthy that I'm like, you know, we need to lower the bar for expectations and knock the head off Embiid. Both things can be true. I don't know if you've heard me say that before. Uh, Sean Salisbury was going to be with us coming up in just about 15 minutes. And we got the Salisbury shimmy. Um, he's actually moved to, I believe, later in this week. He's got a, a couple engagements today. So that we're going to get into some villainy here. I'm not going to go villain, but we are going to get some villainy here. I'm not going to go full joker. I so serious. See, it's not a good joker. It's not a bad joker, but it's not good. I have a better Bane. But that's for later. But uh, before we get to villainy and the Cleveland Browns, I wanted to give uh, just one more thought here because I got called out, and I got called out on Twitter. Now, unlike unlike I think most people in sports talk, um, I don't mind when people call me out on Twitter. I don't take it personally. Well, okay, if like, if you get like super personal about things in my life that aren't me, that if you're like, ah, you have a bad take. Oh no, you don't like my opinion. Please, anything, but not my opinion. But uh, let's see, Matt on Twitter saying another terrible take. So I had said that the special thing about Joe Thomas is he was ours and ours alone. And he was a Cleveland Brown from beginning to end. He was drafted by them. He retired by them. So even though we didn't get to see Joe hoist the Lombardi, even though um, you know we didn't get to see Joe in the playoffs, the closest he came was his rookie year at 10-6. and six. 
He was ours. And I had made the point that that is different than Manny. Like Manny Ramirez was drafted here, was what, great six, seven years here? And then he won a, a World Series in Boston. LeBron, just a kid from Akron. Six, seven great years here. Then went to Miami for four years. Then came back and he won the title. And that was incredibly special. And now he's in L.A. When people talk about LeBron, they will not only be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll be talking about Miami. They're going to be talking about the Lakers. So that was my point. Um, Matt took it incredibly literally and said, Manny was ours. Omar was ours. Staying with a team your whole career doesn't define if they're yours. If that's the case, LBJ isn't ours. Well, actually, it's the difference between having sole custody of your kid and having partial custody of your kid. They're still your kid, but how much time they spent with you does matter in how they're remembered. If we say to the average baseball fan, who does Manny Ramirez belong to? They're going to say, up oh, Boston. Oh, and didn't he play in Cleveland? And I think he played in L.A. That's different to me. When a player plays, and it, because it's so rare now, it does mean something different. When a player decides to stay in a town for their entire career, it does mean something different. Whether it was in their control or not in their control, it doesn't cheapen what they did here if they get traded or if they move on. But when a player is yours and yours alone, it absolutely does add a little something extra, at least for me as a fan. Henry, real quick, buddy, what you got for us? No, I was, I, we were just talking about that uh, Nick Chubb, and I just think it's funny because it was this whole talk was started by a retired linebacker who was saying the two players couldn't work together on the field. And I'm sitting back going, well, that's just, again, it's the coach's job to make that work. I mean, can you imagine if they took a private poll and asked every NFL coach, hey, do you want Watson and Chubb in your backfield? How many do you think would say no? Oh, just the dumb ones. Well, and then, you know, you sit back and, you and you know, our team has been so built on the run trying to set up the pass. If if Deshaun is what he we think and hope he's going to be, why can't it now be the pass setting up Chubb to where now Chubb, maybe he has 15 total touches a game and combined running passing, he's over 120 yards. I think Chubb got an – I don't think he gets enough credit because we always had Hunt, who was perceived as the best receiving running back. But my fear still goes back to Stefanski. He could never utilize Hunt and Chubb, so why are we expecting them to utilize Watson and Chubb? I, I agree with you. I think my biggest concern, and actually my biggest concern with the Browns going forward, is Kevin. And, Henry, I thank you for the call. Um, now, I, I would also say K.J. Wright isn't the only guy talking about the Browns moving on from Nick Chubb. Both Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb and Kevin Stefanski talked about uh, how different the offense is going to look next year. And, I mean, even Deshaun had said, we got to we got to get Nick Chubb more involved in the offense. Um, but, yeah, the through line there is Kevin Stefanski. So I'll throw that out again, 216-578-0092. Uh, Steve saying uh, Joel Batonio is another guy. Wouldn't want to see leave the Browns. I, I think Joel's in that conversation. That's a really good submission. So while we're on the talk of fandom and things we love, can I just stand for Andy Reid for like five seconds here? Because, I, I listen, I have an affinity for other chubby guys who have a who are, who are, who are confident and who just seem like good dudes and good hangs, and that's what Andy Reid is. But he commented the other day 
about how he celebrated the Super Bowl. And honestly, guys, I think he proved once and for all what Andy Reid really is. And yes, he's an NFL head coach. Yes, he's a father of five children. Yes, he's now won two Super Bowls. But I think when you hear what Andy Reid and how Andy Reid celebrated the Super Bowl, I think you're going to hear something a little bit more than maybe meets the eye. I went to Pizza 51. <laughs> That's what I did. I got a, a mushroom and a sausage pizza. How about that? And a salad just to make my you know, chubbiness feel, feel uh, good. Andy Reid is a chub god. The man is a chubby god. Let's look at, I'm going to give you three pieces of information here. And I, I guarantee you, when Meredith Kane uh, does the pulse with us at four, I guarantee you this is going to come up because Andy Reid is a chub god. One, he's a winner. Like, people don't think of uh, chubby guys being alphas. In a alpha sport, he has won 21 out of the 24 years of his career as a head coach and now has been to... Uh, three Super Bowls in five years, winning two of them. Two, for a chubby guy, he has a trophy wife. And not just that, he flaunts that he has a trophy wife. He he married up like 40 years ago, and every chance he gets, Andy Reid 40 years later is like, hey, guys, look at my pretty wife. She, look how much more attractive than she is than me. That's, that's, some, that's some big chub energy there, all right? That's something I'm going to say right there. And then three, he publicly flaunts his food game. Belichick won't even tell you uh, what happened on a given play when he wins the Super Bowl. Andy Reid would give you the everything that he's eaten since he won the Super Bowl. Well, we went and I got a mushroom and a sausage pizza. And then, of course, I woke up this morning and had three cheeseburgers. And then uh, we went for brunch about two hours later, mimosas and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a killet skillet. That's from yours truly, but it, they probably went there too. Right, and then uh, at dinner, I ate another mushroom and sausage pizza all by myself. Guys, Andy Reid is the chubby man dream. God bless Andy Reid. Although mushroom on pizza, eh, I don't necessarily need it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 